I think it was just the consistency of doing it every single day and knowing that I had to do it all again the next day after completing all of that. Because in the beginning, especially doing all of those tasks in one day can be overwhelming. And so to like get done at the day, like a lot of times I feel like we, when we do big things in our lives, you know, you take, you take days off or you, you rest, (laughs) but to go to bed after having done two workouts and doing everything right and thinking I have to do it all again tomorrow. um, That was what was challenging. And so just being consistent and actually doing all of those things every day was probably what was the hardest aspect of the program for me. I'm Ren McDonald, and this is The Hope Initiative, a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, where I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Hope Initiative. Thank you for joining me or if it's your first time, thank you for tuning in for episode number 76 with Lexi T. Jack. Lexi and I were total strangers before this call, but as you'll come to understand, she has changed her life in the past years, 18 months, all through a program that I've been speaking about Uh, on the past few episodes if you've been tuning in which is 75 hard i won't go into it too much right now because we talk about it a lot in this episode but she is someone who has moved across the country and as i say changed her life off the back of it it was a great conversation i learned a lot from lexi and i hope you do too please enjoy over to her Lexi T. Jack, welcome to the Hope Initiative. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ren. I'm super excited to talk with you today. Yeah, you're welcome. You're joining me from St. Louis, Missouri. Is that correct? That's correct. (laughs) Beautiful. In in the United States, in case uh, anyone wasn't aware where that is. Um, I'm here in Melbourne, Australia. It's just after 7 a.m. It's 4 p.m. for you on Saturday. And yeah, we're going to have a, a chat today. We have just met via Zoom. We've been chatting now for 10 minutes. Uh, but the reason why I've got you on is because you're someone who has, I think it's fair to say, and we'll definitely come to chat about it, changed their life off the back of a program that I started uh, in October last year that I've talked about a few times on the podcast since. And I'll definitely be talking about it probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> and it's called 75 Hard. Um and we'll definitely come to talk a bit about that, but that's sort of the context in which we know each other. So it's very little. As I say, we've just been chatting now for 10 minutes, but as as anyone who's done 75 Hard will attest to, I think if you've gone through the program, you already have plenty that you can chat about and, and commonalities that you can draw from with another person. Uh, I see, you know, your T-shirt, I can see half of the word says zero compromise. Yeah, hashtag 75 Hard, I love it. Um, I, I need to get I need to get some merch to rep, mind you. I don't have any. I'm just wearing a, a hoodie today because it's a, a bit crisp this morning. Um, but with all of that, how I normally like to start these, especially with a stranger, is just a question that uh, lets you sort of guide where we go. So if you can start with your earliest memory and then bring us forward to present time, 2022, and share with us a bit about your life, whatever's important to you. And I like to challenge people if they can do this 
in roughly three to four minutes. I'm not going to set a timer. I'm not going to cut you off. But whatever's real to you, if you you know want to start with your family life and lead us through to you know yeah maybe how you went at school or how you grew up, key memories, things like that, and lead us to where you are now. And maybe you can obviously touch on potentially going to school in Florida, that not working out, and then ending up where you are now. Yeah. So whenever you're you've got that first memory, you can kick us off. All right. Well, I don't want to think about anything too long, but my first. One of the first things I think about, and this is something actually a lot of people don't know about me, is I did um, like glitz beauty pageants growing okay. up. Fun fact. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, um, did those, gosh, I think I started around two or three years old is what my mom tells me. I don't really remember quite that young, but yeah. I did them all throughout my childhood and um, was really involved in that was doing it every single weekend and that is was something that I loved doing as a kid and then kind of transitioned out of it once I moved into uh, junior high high school transitioned into sports Mm. but looking back now recently especially the past couple of years I am so thankful for those years uh doing pageants because they really helped me um learn how to to do exactly what we're doing right now, speak with somebody that I've never met, learn how to speak in front of crowds. Uh, yeah. It really helped me through interview processes, <laughs> interview processes, excuse me, um, especially when I was applying to PT schools. Um, yeah. And then jobs, of course. Um, so I guess, honestly, pageants would be one of my earliest memories. And then sports in high school, basketball was my, my main sport of choice. Mm-hmm. I actually played a year of college basketball Um, and then decided that I wanted to focus more on school. So stopped playing basketball. Um, and then throughout college kind of fell into that lackadaisical, just (laughs) here to have a good time as in, just as in not taking care of myself. Like I was when I was playing sports and then senior year found, found this crazy program called 75 hard um decided to go ahead and do it and then throughout that process I was also applying to PT schools and ended up meeting a guy named Andy Priscilla (laughs) and my life has changed ever since and now I'm in St. Louis Missouri so amazing very very quick quick rundown but I I love it I guess let's start back at, at the pageant life. You, you said your mum sort of got you into that. Did you have any other siblings or, or you know, what was, yeah, what was your family life like at that time? Um, so I have a younger brother mm-hmm. and it's funny to me to say, I can't say little brother because he's now 6'6 and I'm like 5'10. So he towers over me, wow. but I have a younger brother and um, it was just him and I growing up. And uh, my parents actually got divorced when I was in the third grade. So it was predominantly me and my mom and my brother growing up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then my uh, grandmother, my grandmother and my grandfather actually lived right next door to me on my mom's side. Yeah. And so it was kind of the five of us for, for the longest time. And then um, my grandfather unfortunately passed away when I was in the eighth grade. So it was really my, my mom, my brother and my grandmother were, yeah. That was my childhood, and they mean the absolute world to me, Um, and they have helped helped me in every phase of life, and couldn't, I couldn't 
have imagined doing any of it without them, but love them uh, beyond words. But um, nice. so yeah, I grew up doing pageants and it was me, my mom and my grandmother. And I mean, every weekend we were out traveling. It was very cool to get to travel at such a young age mm. um, and just meeting all kinds of new people. And um, I absolutely loved it. And it really um, has made me into the person I am today, honestly. Yeah. They get a bad rap, but amazing. I, they're so glad I did them. I don't even know if they're big here in Australia, but I've definitely seen, uh, I guess, shows and and features of yeah american pageants can you explain a little bit about like the process into what they are because you mentioned sort of what they did to you at the top helping you with with being able to communicate to strangers speeches all those sorts of things but you started when you were quite young so yeah um so at that age so a lot of people i'd say are familiar when you say pageants they're familiar with um the Miss America system, for example, here, of course, in America, mm-hmm. we're not like Miss Arkansas, Miss Missouri states that go to compete at um, the Miss America pageant or the Miss USA pageant. Um, there's nothing quite in that kind of organization for young kids, two or three year old, two or three years old. Yeah. So there's like a glitz. They call they're called glitz pageants, and basically you have about three, four, five events. Um, where you're wearing like there's an event where you're, we call it beauty which would be like an evening gown type situation you're wearing a nice dress um you go on stage and you model for 60 to 90 seconds in front of a panel of judges in front of an audience um everybody's looking at you <laughs> there's lights i mean and all the attention's on you so if, it can it can go one of two ways for a lot of kids um, mm. it can be very nerve-wracking but it can also be very exciting um and then there's different categories and events but um it's really just putting yourself out there and being confident in what you're doing and being able to go and perform in front of people that you don't know and people that maybe you do know um but it was just it was something something honestly like I'm looking forward to having kids myself and putting them in because of just all the life lessons it taught me it's kind of I mean it's its own sport in a way you have to prepare you have to Mm. get everything right you have to get coaches you have to invest and so doing that at a young age um was helped shape me like I've said over and over again It, it really made me who I am today and I um, love going back now and like helping at them and that's it, it's something that will always be a part of my life for sure yeah brilliant what age did you stop you mentioned I think when you're in high school or college no before college yeah it um I stopped doing so once I got older to where I could do um the America system type pageants mm. um that was probably gosh when I was 12 13 mm-hmm. so I, pro- I probably my last one was probably when I was like 13 or 14 and then I really focused on sports in high school yeah and that really took over my life um but yeah I mean I did them for over a decade yeah yeah that's a huge <laughs> and, huge amount of time especially from such a young age mm-hmm. as well yes 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 but now I honestly I'm like I I wish I was still doing that stuff just because it was so fun and it's something that i I definitely took for granted at the time, but uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure you can get back into it. And like you say, if you have plans to to get your kids in, 
I don't think you have children as far as I'm aware. You t- I think you're... I do not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one day for sure, that, that sounds like sounds like it would be great to, yeah, instill a lot of confidence and, and self-belief into a young person, which I think are traits that, that, we, all, that we all need. But they're things that you need to, you need to practice. I personally started playing soccer when I was nine. And I remember there were some games where I felt like sick during, during the warm-up, like with nerves. And I wasn't playing at a very high level uh, when I was a junior. I think there was a couple of years where we were, but for the most part it was it was very casual and I was never really good enough to be, yeah, deemed a, a future a future star despite what I might have thought. But it was all the all the training sessions that you would go to, all the all the games on a, on the weekend, yeah, prep, preparing little things like your bag, making sure your boots are clean all those sorts of things. I'm sure you had similar probably rituals in in what yeah. you were doing. And yeah, I think it's it's really good for a young person to do. And I think whenever I speak to people who maybe haven't had that, I can definitely understand that it's something that I definitely want to have my, my kids involved in. And it doesn't necessarily have to be soccer. It can be whatever is, is you know, along their interest line. So I was actually talking to someone the other day and she was saying how she wants to homeschool her kids a lot. But I had the idea when I was growing up that kids who were homeschooled were the weirdos and you never had any friends. Uh, but it's it's flipped now for me. Like I probably would like to homeschool my kids or at least have them in a school that I know is going to be teaching them the right things because the education system right now, I think it might be similar in the States, but it's gone a bit crazy uh, with what they're, what they're teaching people. But... Yeah, I'd homeschool my kids and then it's like, okay, you want social skills? Go join a fucking sport team. Go, yeah, be in a pageant, you know, yeah, travel around, do whatever interests you, scouts, learn some things. That's how you can meet other other children and develop those social skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you just summed it up pretty well. And then it also teaches you, uh, you know, how to, how to win or lose gracefully and mm. learn that it's not always going to be your day, which I think is something that um, – society now seems to struggle with a lot that we're not all going to get a trophy at the end of the day and that's okay <laughs> and that just means we got to put your head down and work harder um so definitely definitely had some days that were tough learning that as a you know five six seven eight year old but mm. it, it paid off <laughs> yeah yeah no sure and yeah you touched on a good point there we're not all going to get a trophy and you shouldn't be in it for the trophy because that's ultimately life you know just because you start a company or you start a podcast doesn't mean it's going to work out. Like it, it's just, it's all part of the process and that failure often will teach you more, more good than, than just winning consecutive wins. Yes. Yeah. So I'd love for you to, to share a bit more about your, your college life. You mentioned that you got playing uh, in a basketball, you're 5'10", your brother's 6'6", six, six, so I'd imagine, yeah, <laughs> basketball. I don't know if he plays, yeah. but um, it's obviously something that's, was important to you and and it's a part of your life but you also mentioned that you sort of developed I guess fell into is probably a better way of putting it a lackadaisical college lifestyle I think college is very different to sort of what we have here in in Australia so if you could talk a bit about that your experiences and and yeah what your life was like at the time there for sure um so like I said I ended up playing basketball was my life in high school and so all I wanted to do was play in college so I was fortunate enough to be offered um, a scholarship at a 
school that was pretty close um, to home. It was about 45 minutes away. So I played there my freshman year and uh, college here in America is predominantly a four-year program. And that's when most of us uh, leave home for the first time and are on our own for the first time. Mm. So it's that freshman year, especially your first year, you're just, you're kind of like, wait a minute, I don't have to ask to leave the house. I don't have to, you know, tell my mom I'm running to the store or I'm hanging out with a friend or whatever it may be. And so you're just kind of hit with a lot of things and a lot of independence. Mm. And so my freshman year though, I did have structure. I did have, um, I did have a team that I was involved with that relied on me and depended on me. Um, but throughout that year, just a lot of different things kind of happened. I was, it's kind of when and you are kind of finding yourself for the first time. Mm. Um, and I just realized that basketball was not going to be my entire collegiate career. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I had worked for it, I thought I was in high school, I would have told you I was playing all four years and was going to try to play overseas. I mean, I wanted to do it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, life just kind of hits you and you start to really realize things and learn things about yourself. And so I ended up deciding, um, to end my basketball career, which was tough, but, um, I think my, my heart was pulling me in another direction is really what it was. And so I ended up also transferring schools, mm-hmm. moved further away from home and um, fell in love with the campus that I was going to. I en- ended up going to the University of Arkansas and that um, was a big part of my, honestly, my life growing up in Arkansas. We only have like, we don't have any professional teams. Okay. Um, it's like NBA, NFL, anything like that. There's no teams like that in the state of Arkansas. Wow. So the University of Arkansas is like everything to us. So Arkansas football, Arkansas baseball, Arkansas basketball, everything. Yeah. Like you live and breathe by the Razorbacks in the state of Arkansas. The Razorbacks. So, Razorbacks. Yes. Yeah, the only Razorback in uh, the NCAA. Fun fact for you there. But um <laughs> A lot of my family, I mean, my, my parents met at this university. My grandparents met at this university. My uncle, cousin had gone here. So it was a huge part of my life. And I just knew that I needed to be there. So I'm transferred there. And then honestly, probably just got comfortable with just going to class, not having to work out three times a day for basketball. And Mm. um, definitely, I, I, I never, and I wasn't ever like a, like a party animal like um you know there's people that and there's nothing wrong with it but there's people that could go out you know every almost every night of the week and that's just not my cup of tea yeah um but still kind of fell into just quote unquote the college life of um just kind of being lazy just going to your classes and just hanging out with friends and not really doing a whole lot outside of going to school and so um I had definitely let myself slip and my health for sure. I wasn't working out as much. It was very inconsistent. Mm. Um, and just was kind of, just kind of getting through, but enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed every minute of it. I loved school. I loved being with all the people that I met there. Um, yeah. But then my senior year um, to start, I was 
um, applying to PT schools. And then actually during that process is when I had first heard about 75 hard. Yeah. And then I was like, that's insane. Why would anybody do that? Um, <laughs> what was the context in which then, you, in which you heard about it? Like, do you remember exactly? I, w- I honestly think I was just, I was just scrolling through social media and it somehow made its way in front of my face. Mm. And I was like, seven, five hard. What? Like, I didn't even know what it was. Mm. Um, and so I kind of watched this person's, a few of their videos, they had posted um, some clips about it. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's insane. Why would you do that? <laughs> um, and then I didn't see it for a few months. And then I saw it again around the time that I was going home for Christmas break. Mm. I was like, mm, maybe I should give it a try. Like, I, I don't know. And then um, the big, the I had kind of already decided I was going to do it. Um, was it real firm in my decision? But then I, I remember going home and my stepdad actually was like, at this point I had gotten into um, two different PT schools. So I knew I was going somewhere for physical therapy school, or at least at the time I thought it was. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so my stepdad said, there's one thing I need you to do before you go to physical therapy school. He said, you're one of the physically toughest um, females I know, but he said, I need you to get mentally tougher. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. So I decided that once I got back, um, back in, back into school and back for the semester that I was going to start it. And so I did and made my way to the end and, uh, life's been kind of different ever since, but (laughs) wouldn't trade it for the world. I think it was exactly what I needed to do, um, to really learn more about myself. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. I definitely want to, want to speak about your, your journey through 75 hard. And then subsequently, I believe you've, you've completed live hard and we'll explain, I think both of those for anyone listening who hasn't heard, but in terms of your life there in college, I'd love to dig a bit deeper because you're, you're even mentioning there that your your stepdad's sort of saying, I, I need you to get mentally tougher. Where do you think that came from, from him? Like that's almost being, I don't know, called out in a sense, but I would really appreciate that from a parent who who said that to me. My parents also got, got divorced when I was quite young. And so I imagine if my stepdad or stepmom said that, or even my mum or my dad said that, it would be like, okay, like, I'd, you know, there'd be a conversation about it. I probably wouldn't just be like, okay, whatever. So why do you think he said that? Was there was there things that, yeah, maybe happened in college? I mean, you sort of, yeah, you, you briefly explained it, but is there any key thing that comes to mind of like, you maybe dropped out of this or, yeah, you're a bit looser in your in your discipline, I guess, that maybe led him to, to point that out? Um, I don't think there was anything, there wasn't any like particular event that necessarily happened, but I think, I think for one, it honestly was because he did see a lot of potential in me, which um, means the world to me. Like Mm. um, that's something I've, that's something I've always struggled with is kind of having confidence in myself. And so to have somebody externally, um, believe in you. Not that I didn't have people believe in me in my past. I mean, my, like I said, my mom and my grandmother were my biggest supporters and have believed in me every step of the way, but yeah, he had just come into my life 
probably a year had only been in my life a year or two at that point. Yeah. And so he hadn't, he didn't, he didn't grow up with me, but he had just seen me at times cause I was away at college. But I, I just think just different instances, maybe when it, little things like in a conversation, if somebody had said something to me and maybe I um, got too emotional about it and got upset about something or um, I, I mean, I, yeah, there's nothing really, really big. I just think sure. he just, he saw that I did have the potential to really go on and make something out of myself. And he wanted me to be as prepared as possible to handle anything that could come my way. Um, Amazing. And yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I that might be a question I could ask him one day, but I just think, and I, I know myself, so it's kind of hard because looking back, I'm like, yeah, I definitely needed to be like my mental toughness was always probably my biggest weakness mm -hmm. through anything. Um, like I had the work ethic and I had the um, drive to want to do everything I could, but there was just times when when, if things did get tough, maybe I did quit or maybe I didn't push as hard as I could. Yeah. And so I, I, I remember that conversation with him. It was, that is kind of something um, that it could have been really tough for me to hear, but I think it was something that I knew I needed to hear. And then, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> did the program and it helped definitely helped in that area but yeah I don't think it was really anything in particular I think he just just how he had been around me could just see could see the potential but just knew I needed to be more tough in terms of my headspace for sure love it so 75 hard then I think it's it's fair to say it's not purely about fitness or health directly related to yeah your 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 body but it, it certainly helps in those areas if you do it correct but I, I believe Andy has described it as almost like a what is it like a, a mental it's like a mental Iron Man or Iron Man for the mind I believe I've heard yes. it heard it yes. explained in in sort of those senses so yeah for you when you first heard about it you mentioned that you sort of saw it on social media and then it sort of grew on you and you decided you were going to do it half-heartedly I know for me, my former housemate and, and best mate, Sam Knott, shout out to Sammy if he's listening, he'd, he'd given it a crack a couple of times uh, when we were living together and, and actually failed both times. I hope, yeah, he doesn't mind me sharing that, but too bad. Um, it's the truth. But he he told me about it and, and I've always been a pretty active person and um, never really had problems with, well, I say problems in, in sort of air quotes, keeping discipline and doing things I thought. Uh, so I, I didn't think that I needed to do 75 hard. I was like, you know, I don't need to do two workouts a day. I'm, I've always been yeah, pretty pretty fit, uh, always been yeah, good at running and, and these sorts of things from playing soccer for many years. But it was only until I saw a few other people doing it, yeah, similarly on social media that I was like, okay, I probably need to do this. But I think a big turning point for me in deciding to do it and after I learned a bit more through listening to the podcast was the state of the world off the back of COVID and the last couple of years and just to be totally blunt all the bullshit that had come along with 
everything the governments were trying to impose, people's views, and I respect people's views. You can think whatever you want to think, but then I can also think and do whatever it is I want to do as long as it's not directly killing killing others um and obviously there'll be a bit of a bit of discourse around that with regards to to COVID and various things but you know there's there was just a lot of insanity I think it's fair to say and so for me all of that sort of provided the perfect environment for 75 hard so that was a bit of my story and I started that in October last year for you what was yeah was there a tipping point that was like okay now I'm going to start and I know that when Andy talks about it, he's like, you know, you can't prepare. There's never going to be a perfect time. You need to just start. I was cheeky. I started on my birthday, uh, <laughs> which was a couple of weeks after I'd really decided to do it. So I did take a bit of time and I did prepare a little bit, which I think is okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't wait months. But for you, what was what was sort of that whole lead up before you started like? Um. Yeah, so <laughs> I saw it. So if, if I'm really being getting down to it, I saw it for the first time in like September of 2021. Mm. And then that's like when I was like, why would you do this? I had no intention of doing it. Yeah. And then I saw it again in December of 2021. 2021 or 2020? You've, didn't you finish? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're thank you <laughs> no no you're good <laughs> excuse me it would have been september of 2020 that i first saw it yeah. and then uh december of 2020 that um i saw it again and then was like okay maybe i should do it yeah wow it's been almost two years that's crazy <laughs> um and so for me i saw it it, it was probably two to four weeks from when I saw it and was like, maybe I should do it till the time I started it. Mm. And I honestly had wanted to start it earlier, but I have, was traveling a lot. And not that that's any excuse. You can totally do the program traveling, but this was also going to be the start of it for me. Yeah. And so knowing myself, I knew I probably, I, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, who knows what would have happened because I didn't start it as soon as I could have started it. But, um, I waited about two to four weeks so that I could get actually back home and in my own environment and could control more things that way there was more, it was more likely for me to actually continue on. Yeah. Cause I also could have seen myself starting and then traveling and just saying, forget it and making it like three days and then not starting it again. So it's, it's tough because I mean, I, I do think, you know, if you hear it, you should just start it, but there's also, it is another thing to know yourself and know that in order to try to go as far as you can, you need to be in the beginning, at least in an environment that is more, that allows you to succeed more. And so that's why I, why I waited a few weeks, but, um, yeah, of course you've got to set I yourself, remember, you've got to set yourself up for success, right? It's, it's completely yeah, fair. I think, sure. I think as long as you're not going like, oh, well, Christmas is coming and then I've got, uh, you know, my birthday and I've got my buddies or my best mates, you know, party that I'm going to be drinking at and you're For making sure. up all these excuses. That's where I think it gets into like, come on. But yeah, if you're traveling or there's legitimate life things, 
I think it's, I personally think it's all right. Andy might disagree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we probably differ on that a little bit. Um, but I also knew, I mean, I knew I was going to be um, attending a wedding within mm. those 75 days and I didn't mind it. Mm. Um, yeah. So it, it was, I think it was just being home and being like, okay, this is what we're doing and we're starting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, cause I was I went home, home, like actual home with my family for Christmas. And then I ended up, uh, I was at, I was actually on my, I ended up going to a pageant, um, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) one of those weekends. And I knew I was going to be working it and it was going to be, um, a long, exhausting weekend. So, um, I said, okay, as soon as I get home, I'm starting it. And that's what I did. So. Amazing. So bring us back to day one. What was day one, week one like? Do you remember? Um, yeah, gosh, yeah, I'm having to really think about it because it's been over a year now. But um, week one for sure was just exciting, I think, because um, you just kind of like, oh, this is, this is new. This is cool. I do remember my second day, it was snowing and um, I was like texting some friends and they were we were wanting to hang out later that night. And I sent them a picture of me and I was like, this is what I'm doing right now why i don't know but i'm outside walking in the snow and we were all just kind of like you're stupid like why would you do that um which is just really funny because now it's like it's snowing okay we should go for a walk yeah (laughs) or anything like that but um no i think week one was just really exciting and um like i i had mentioned this on andy's show as well but i had done I had played college basketball, so I was used to kind of two workouts a day, sometimes even three. Yeah. So I was like, this isn't too bad. Um, two workouts a day. But then it was really, I think when it came to like day eight, when I had completed an entire week and then I had to get up and do it the next day, you're just kind of like, all right. Yep. This <laughs> is, this is why it's 75 hard. Um, yeah. Cause it's going to be a challenge. Um, I remember I got like eight blisters on my feet and, I had a few walks that probably didn't even look like I was actually walking. They were, it was so painful because I decided to like pop all the blisters and wow, it was not, it was not smart. Don't do that. I I like, yeah, messed with my feet way too much. Should have just let them heal on their own, but we made it through and um, it's really interesting. There wasn't like, personally, I didn't ever have any, um, days that I was like I want to quit so bad I didn't have any quite like that there was a few times where I was like man ice cream sounds really good right now (laughs) (laughs) you can't do it yeah um and I think that's something I have found to kind of find with as something similar for other people it's the program really just kind of wakes up your eyes and you're like okay I'm so much capable so much more capable than I think I am Mm. and so that was definitely something that I saw throughout the program and probably saw pretty early on because I was, I'm really bad about stopping myself mentally from doing things. And so I was kind of like working myself up and thinking it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard. Are you going to do it? And honestly, I was like, I wonder how long I'll make it before I fail. Really? That was really my mindset going in. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did you think? Where, where do you think so, you'd get to before? Do you remember? couple of weeks because I think oh, you know gosh. people talk about 30-day programs and 
you know, yeah, six week challenges. This is like just under 11 weeks, 75. And actually, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, I'll let you answer that question. And then I think we should probably explain exactly <laughs> what, what 75 hard is, what you have to do each and every day. Cause we actually haven't, we both know we've both done it. <laughs> yeah. There'll be plenty of people who listen who, who haven't. Um, I don't, I don't think I ever like set a number on it, but I just remember because one of the first posts that I saw about it, it was actually the girl explaining, um, that she had failed Mm. on day, like in the forties or something like that. And so I was like, what is she even talking about? So I went to her page and just kind of looked. Mm. Um, and so that was just kind of where I was like, I wonder how long I would make it and really didn't put a number on it, which is probably a good thing because hmm. <laughs> it could have gone worse than that. But um, yeah, I honestly was just like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how far I can go. Um, yeah. But Interesting. So I, yeah, I didn't think I would fail myself, but I, I definitely knew it was going to be going to be tough and initially for me my life was I don't know in a point where I'd actually been laid off from a job about three months earlier I'd been sacked I started at the start of 2021 in a marketing agency and yeah lasted five months there's a bit of a story around uh, what happened but basically the very short version was I felt I got asked for feedback on the company as a whole. I'd been basically offered a promotion, but then they wanted some feedback on operations. I gave a very blunt assessment of where I thought the company was at because that's what I was asked to do. And then the next day I got sacked, uh, which is which was interesting. Uh, a few people thought I could have gone to fair work here in Australia and gotten some compensation and things like that, but it's just not really in my nature to, to go after that. I was like, let's just create my own life in in the way and put my energy into more constructive avenues um i actually had moved back in with my parents for about a month before that that happened and then melbourne went into what was our sixth lockdown in in 2021 so it was mentally a very challenging time i was drinking most nights of the week the euro soccer tournament in 2021 was all also on I'm a big soccer fan and those games are between the hours of like 11 p.m and 5am so I was up into the wee hours of the night waking up in my family's second like rumpus room lounge room sort of thing just on a mattress like it wasn't the prettiest of pictures not that I had it like worse off like I was I still had a roof over my head I still have all these opportunities but for me when I started 75 hard you know and and I think it's probably a good time to explain it now so you have to do yeah two two workouts two 45 minute workouts one of them has to be outdoors regardless of the weather and they have to be they have to be separate workouts you can't do a 4 hour run or a 90 minute run for example that would obviously equate to 90 minutes but they have to be about 3 hours apart they have to be inconveniently spaced right so that's sort of the first one right. uh, you have to stick to a diet which includes no alcohol, uh, no cheap meals. So this is sort of one that Andy like lets you sort of decide what's going to be good for you. But yeah, you can't, like for me, it was no processed foods. If I could cook it, it's fine. But I wasn't buying like choc chip cookies and making cookies. It was basically, yeah. I was just eating yeah, whole foods really, uh, which, was, which was great. You got to drink a gallon of water, which is just under four litres for any non- 
metric system or whatever the fuck those, you know, systems are. But yeah, four liters, a gallon of water. Uh, you what else? Read ten pages of a self help, also non fiction book. And what's the last one? Can't remember now. Sorry. Progress pick. Progress pick, of course. The one that people always forget. Mm -hmm. So my brother actually. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. People always forget. My brother started uh, after I'd finished and that was the one that he kept on failing on. So the progress pick is important. It's not something you necessarily have to Mm -hmm. show people, but that's the program, right? So for you, what was of those five things, what was the hardest? You mentioned growing up, you had, you know, basketball and you sometimes did three workouts a day. But what did you find was was the hardest across those 75 days that maybe shifted your mindset the most? Um, this is always a tough question for me, but there wasn't, there wasn't one task, mm. um, that was particularly just extremely hard. Um, I, I will say I knew for me, the diet was going to be probably the hardest and I'd say it was, it wasn't awful by any means, but I'm, I'm a foodie. I like to eat good food. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I knew that was going to be challenging. Um, but it honestly, it was, it was just kind of different. I feel like throughout the program, some days it was sticking to my diet. That was the hardest thing, or it was doing those two workouts. I remember, um, for example, I was at a wedding and I had to do my first workout at six in the morning and then ended up doing my second workout at like one o'clock in the morning the next day. Wow. Yeah. Um, and to clarify for people, Andy does say it does not have to end at midnight. It doesn't have to be like actually on. Yeah, the day. Quote unquote. Just the day. when you go to sleep, right? So when you go I to sleep and wake right. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's whenever, yes. So I did do it right. <laughs> and for anybody that is worried, because I've seen people that say it was, I failed because I didn't finish my water by by midnight. And it's like, if you haven't gone to bed yet, you're good. So yeah. let's just say that. But there were days like that when I was like and I remember that workout too it was in my garage and I was just miserable because I was like I just want to go to bed (laughs) I was exhausted um so like there's days like that where working out was the hardest thing or um I wasn't a big reader growing up we had I was like had to do it in school um but I was not an avid reader by any means. So like there were times when sitting down and reading 10 pages was challenging for me. Yeah. Um, more so in the beginning because I wasn't used to it. So that definitely got easier. And because I was reading books that I genuinely enjoyed and mm. were helping me, not just fictional mumbo jumbo that, <laughs> you know, I had to read in school, if you will. But um, yeah. sorry to anybody that just enjoys reading books like that (laughs) not um and I will say though the progress pictures seem to never be a problem for me Mm -hmm. um I think because I had heard so much that it was an issue for a lot of people so that was always like the first thing I did every day but other than that I mean there wasn't anything I, I I think it was just the consistency of doing it every single day and knowing that I had to do it all again the next day after completing all of that because in the beginning especially doing all of those tasks in one day can be overwhelming 
And so to like get done at the day, like a lot of times I feel like we, when we do big things in our lives, you know, you take, you take days off or you, you rest, <laughs> but to go to bed after having done two workouts and doing everything right and thinking I had to do it all again tomorrow. Um, that was what was challenging. And so just being consistent and actually doing all of those things every day was probably what was the hardest aspect of the program for me. Yeah, right. But I think just hearing you say that, it sort of takes me back to, yeah, doing it. And we'll, we're going to come to talk about live hard and the, the whole year that you can do as part of sort of what Andy's, you know, made made into this, I guess, worldwide sort of movement in a sense. But yeah, it takes me to a point where yet yeah, not realizing that you've got to start again every day. And it's really just an analogy of life, I think, in success is that you're not going to be, you're not going to make yourself into the person that you want to be and the life that you want in one day or even in one week mm-hmm. or, or also even in just 75 days. Like you can change so much mm-hmm. in 75 days. I know that I've observed that, that I have and I can see that, you know, you have and, and your life has changed, but it's, it's more than just the 75. It's then, you know, are you going to continue these these things and have that consistency in your life? And there's sure there's going to be days where you're not hitting all of these tasks or not doing all the things that you know you need to do. But then, will you let that momentum shift in the other direction? Will you let that carry over? And I think it's so important. And probably the biggest thing that I've taken out of it, you mentioned that the photo wasn't a problem for you. For me, yeah, it was the first thing that I did every day. I'd wake up. I've always sort of, or not always, but the last couple of years, been into cold showers as the first thing that I do when I wake up. So I would have a cold shower. Then I would put on some workout clothes, go outside and take my photo and, and stand in front of the same wall every day and take the photo. So yeah, I never had a problem. There were only a couple of times when I didn't do that because I had to leave straight away for work or something like that. But I still got it in. All of that said, I would love to know for you what was the what was a typical day like on the program? I was still um, in school at the time, mm. so for me, and this is also um, when we were all online for school um, because of COVID and whatnot. Um, <laughs> so it was, I guess, kind of easier for me in a way as a. Um, as opposed to like now, for example, um, that I'm like going to a job where I have to physically be somewhere. Yeah. Um, so we can get into that because that'll be more live hard, but, um, 75 hard, a typical day for me looked like, um, I usually get up in the morning, have some breakfast. Um, well, before breakfast, I'm already skipping through something. I would do all my, um, like my morning routine in the bathroom and that's when I would do my progress picture. Yeah. So that was always the first thing just to knock it out. Um, get ready, go make some, some breakfast. And then after I had breakfast is when I went on my first, uh, my first workout, which is usually my outdoor uh, walk or run. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning it was definitely walks. And then as I got more fit, it turned into running. Yeah. Um, and then I'd come in and I'd usually go um, to class online and would attend class and then knock out any homework assignments whatever I had to do and in the afternoons were 
um, fairly consistent, but I usually um, would spend time with friends because we were <laughs> stuck in our apartment. So we did kind of have the freedom to be with each other a little more in that sense. So I'd usually hang out with friends or, um, or do more work because sometimes things happen in college and you just got a lot of work to do, but um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a night owl. I've always been like that. And I probably always will be. And so honestly, my second workout usually wasn't until gosh, probably like eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes a little earlier, depending on what I needed to do, but um, yeah. I, and then in, I will say in between, I'd usually read before I did my second workout. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'd put that off too and do that like right before I went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, that was pretty much what a typical day looked like. Nothing too exciting. Wanted to just kind of keep it <laughs> calm and easy. Um, yeah. And then the only that, yeah, I mean, the only time it really changes when I did travel or do anything like that. Um, it's, very interesting now having done the entire year because I remember when I was traveling it was overwhelming to think okay I have to do two workouts I have to do all this stuff mm-hmm. and so I remember going home and I'd do a workout in the morning before whatever I needed to do and then was usually doing workouts late at night or even later than that <laughs> um, to finish the day but it's very interesting now because if I do have to travel, I usually knock out both workouts before I do anything else. Mm. So I'll get up at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and get a walk in wow. and then wait, you know, my three hours and get the other one done. And then also read, get a lot of water in, take my progress picture. So all I have to do is finish off my gallon and just eat clean the rest of the day. So it's just kind of like any other normal day. Yeah. So that's been really interesting to see um what a day looks like on the program as i've done it longer if you will yeah totally yeah you you sort of find what works for you right and i think the other thing that i had that i'd love to maybe get your thoughts on is just like things that you can take out of your life that make things easier like i would always have and even right now funnily enough i have in my fridge half a block of chocolate which would just like I just you wouldn't buy it when you're on the program because if it's in your pantry, if it's in your cupboard, fridge, whatever, it's a temptation that's there. So I think just cutting all of that stuff out, you know, people say, Oh, how can I develop discipline? You know, I have these cravings, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you just don't have them in your house, you don't have them at arm's arm's reach, arm's length, then that's a pretty good start. So I don't know if that was, I mean, you mentioned that you're a foodie. I mean, I love smashing a bunch of chocolate or chips or whatever. It's hard, you know, and I was, I wouldn't say I was, I was definitely not an alcoholic or anything like that, but I was a very social drinker. I think drinking, at least here in Australia, is a very social thing where, you know, it's quite common, especially on the weekends. But I found myself getting into it a bit more during lockdowns, during the week, just drinking, just having a couple of drinks with dinner or, you know, watching TV at night, and it was quite unhealthy. And personally for me, I actually haven't had a drop of alcohol since starting 75 Hard on my 29th birthday last year, which is something, yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of. I'm going to go the full year 
at least no alcohol. Uh, the full live hard year, and I'll probably just finish this year no alcohol as well. But I've I've even thought like, okay, what if I never drink again? Like that's where sort of my head's at at the moment. Can't say the same for chocolate. I had a half a block of chocolate last night. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's where I'm at with those. Yeah, things. I don't blame you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so the alcohol for me was never an issue. I. Mm. It's, it's actually really kind of funny because I turned 21 back in August of 2020. And then I started the program at the beginning of 2021. So I'm like, mm. I was a fresh 21 year old who had the freedom to go. Cause that's at least, I don't know how it is in Australia, but here in the States, you can actually buy alcohol when you turn 21. So it's kind of a big deal. But for me, I was like, I couldn't care less, honestly. Like it, yeah. that was never an issue for me. Um, but thinking about, um, you were talking about having the chocolate, you know, available or having things like that available for you. That's huge. But then going back to um, traveling, for example, I've noticed, um, or just knowing that I'm going to be in a different environment, how much different my life looks like now, even when I was doing 75 hard initially, as opposed to what it looked like. Um, when I did phase three, mm. um, I remember I was always kind of nervous, um, in 75 hard when I did have to travel. So I was like, what am I going to eat? What can't like, what will be available? Am I going to have to <laughs> just not eat a whole lot some days? Cause I can't eat anything. Whereas now, like, um, I mean, I was a few, a few weeks ago I was traveling and I was like, I was packing for the weekend and then part of my packing routine was also making sure I had um, food that would be available for me that I could knew I could eat and knew I could manage and that kind of a thing. So I had um, like a whole thing of protein bars and I had my um, like protein shakes and my, my vitamins to take and had everything ready so that if worse came to worse, I was good on the food that I had with me. Mm. Even if I couldn't eat a meal at a restaurant, like I, would be fine um so that's just something that i've also seen kind of shift is just like you said it's like at home don't buy the things that (laughs) you know are going to tempt you but then it's like when you are away take what you know you can have and can control and that kind of thing so that's definitely something that i've just learned throughout this year to do that has helped me with staying consistent yeah yeah, it's it's important things, and yeah, I think you got to you learn through you learn through doing it. So, if my memory serves me correctly, you started phase one. Was it the next day or very shortly after completing? Um, it was have... about it was about a week after. Okay. So, and honestly, I remember the last ten days or so. I was like, okay, I'm probably gonna do phase one. Um, the cold showers were very intimidating. Um, I, I, like we were talking earlier, I love warmth. So cold yes. showers just was like awful. Um, but then I remember I was like, I'm probably going to do it. Probably going to do it. And then I remember day 76 and like I had had a, I had a, had a cheat meal and I didn't work out. Um, and I just remember thinking, why not? Like, I'm definitely doing it. This does not feel good at all. 
especially, you know, just coming off of doing something like that. So day 76, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I waited about a week because I'd actually gotten sick and um, was dealing with a knee injury. So I was like, I'll give myself a couple days. And if nothing's getting better, I'll just say, screw it and go ahead and start phase one. But I was like, okay, you're actually kind of feeling better. So, mm. um, and I think it was like Easter weekend. So I was like, I'll go home. I'll actually enjoy some of my mom and grandmother's cooking. <laughs> um, but then I came back and started, started phase one. I think the Monday that I would have gotten back. So mm. yeah, started phase one and yep. Cold showers were terrible to start. Um, yeah. but with anything you adapt, you overcome. And honestly, those 30 days are probably the, some of the best sleep I've ever gotten. Mm. And I think it was from the cold and I, well, I know it was from the cold showers for sure. Um, yeah. so yeah, did phase one a week after finishing 75 hard. Amazing. So do you want to explain the, the additional things that you have to do on phase one? How's that for you? So, yeah. So phase one is all of the tasks that you do from 75 hard. So the two workouts, follow a diet, drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages, and the progress picture. But then on top of that, you have to um, add three additional tasks. So what Andy calls the power list. Um, you have to add three power list tasks to those five that you were already doing. Um, and that's kind of like the diet. It's up for you to choose what those tasks are. Um, mm. And people are kind of confused by those tasks, but he basically describes it as tasks that you need to complete in the day to help you move forward. Yeah. Um, so they don't have to be anything. They don't have to be anything crazy complicated. Um, I mean, literally, I think some of my tasks were make this phone call to this person or. Yeah. Um, I was in school, so a lot of times it was complete this assignment instead of putting it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, things like that. And then you also have to have have to do 10 minutes of visualization, um, which was something I had never done before. So it was very interesting and definitely took some time to get adjusted to because mm. you have to – it's not like um, – meditating where you're supposed to kind of like clear your mind you know it's it's visualizing like your goals what you want to do so for me my head tends to run in all kinds of places so for to have to focus for on something for 10 minutes was a bit challenging <laughs> sure. um, but we made it through and then the worst one of all <laughs> or the best however you want to look at it was <laughs> the five minute cold shower and uh it was it was still awful, but honestly, I would recommend it to anybody. It's very good for you, <laughs> as uncomfortable as it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, those are the three additional tasks to phase one. Yeah. It's kind of complicated hearing it at first, but I think off the back of once you, yeah, once you've done seventy-five days, adding those extra things, yeah. it just becomes a part of you. I think. The cold showers. Were you coming in? Were you coming into winter as well? Or were you in winter? Fortunately, no. Um, it was a, around this time last year. Okay. Gosh, we're at the end of April. Yeah. Um, I was probably in 
weeks two or three of, of phase phase one at this point last year. So here it's, um, I mean, it was, it was pretty warm. It's not like summer heat, crazy hot, but it definitely was not freezing cold winter. Thank goodness. But yeah, when I did phase three, phase three for me was unfortunately in the middle of winter. So oh, wow. Showers were yeah. So phase, worse, phase, phase three is all of what you've just described, right? But then you also have to speak to, have a conversation with a stranger every day? Correct. So you have to, on top of everything. So phase three is kind of confusing because I was thinking it was all of phase one plus things, but it's actually, oh, it's pretty much all of phase one. The, um, 10 minutes of visualization is not a part of phase three. Yeah. Um, but you still have to do all of the tests from 75 hard plus the cold shower plus the additional powerless tasks. But then you also have to, like you said, talk to a stranger as well as perform a random act of kindness. Yeah. So those two definitely um, can really get you out of your comfort zone because all the other phases are you focusing on you and you can do it on your own. Mm. But these, the random act of kindness, you can honestly um, do things without having to interact with anybody. But obviously talking to a stranger, you have to yeah. talk to a stranger. <laughs> so, um, I was, I wasn't too nervous about talking to somebody. Okay. Um, I had really, I don't have a problem meeting new people and talking to people and coming up with stuff to talk about it was just kind of like finding somebody to talk to and, <laughs> um, getting the other person to like actually have a conversation with me as opposed to just a simple hey how you doing and then go on because that doesn't count um, right yeah great i believe he says it's basically what would constitute as a conversation is having learned something about another person mm. so i was like, like that. in that phase three um like all the other phases you can fail and restart but phase three you have to do <laughs> it's in the final 30 days of your live hard year so the final 30 days leading up to your anniversary of starting 75 hard mm -hmm. so if you fail phase any day of phase three you basically fail the entire year yeah. So I was like very conscious. I was like, I cannot fail anything. So I actually, I could probably look it up, but I made notes in my phone um, <laughs> for every day that I met somebody, I'd write down their name and whatever I had learned about them. So I like could honestly say I had a conversation with a stranger. Yeah, cool. And um, phase three was by far the most challenging for me. Um, I've heard a lot a lot of people say phase two is the hardest because it's mm. um, you have to take the 30 days off in between phase one and phase two. And so it's having to like rebuild momentum for yourself. Yeah. Um, but for me, phase three was definitely the hardest. I was, I mean, I, I it, it was, it's kind of like what I said in 75 hard. It wasn't necessarily a certain task was necessarily the hardest. It was just making sure I got all of that done every single day and then having to do it for 30 days straight. So yeah, right. that was, that was quite a 30 days. 
to say the least. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah, we sort of we jumped around, which is obviously fine. Phase two, which we didn't really mention, is doing the program 75 hard but for 30 days. But you have to yeah, have a, a at least a 30-day break between phases one and phase two, which I think Andy talks about. And I'll definitely link his podcast in the show notes. So if anyone, you know, fully wants to do the program, you should definitely listen to that uh, episode where he explains it fully and the Live Hard program fully. But... It's basically, yeah, you finish phase one, you have to have a 30-day break, so it doesn't count. You can still keep doing the program if you want, but those 30 days don't count as anything, and then you can start phase two. And yeah, the idea being that will you fall back into old routines, I think is an interesting one, because for me, I'm I'm in that period right now. I actually finished phase one, I'm, I want to say around February, so I've been complete on it for about two months now, but I actually failed phase one because I didn't get the three critical tasks uh, complete a couple of times. I think, no, I think it was just a once. But yeah, there were days where I would set them what I was going to do the night before so that I wouldn't change the goalposts during the day because that's, I think, for me, cheating. I don't know if Andy, like, I haven't heard him, you know, say that you can or can't change it, but I'd imagine he would say, you can't change it on the day. That's fucking cheating because it's very easy to go, oh, this task that is now seemingly too hard. I'm just going to change it. So yeah, I like one of them was release a podcast episode and I didn't release it. Um, but there were times when that was still a task and I was up till two or three, three AM to get it done. So for you, did you, did you fail any of the first sort of three? I'm guessing you didn't fail 75 hard, but did you fail phase one or phase two at all? I, I actually did not. Amazing. I, Looking back, I'm, I'm, yeah, pretty proud mm. about that. But I did not fail any phase and did not have to restart any of it. So that was actually pretty cool to to think about. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's that's very well done. So then uh, the other thing we sort of skimmed over, we've talked a little bit about Live Hard, which I would like to dig into a little bit more. But after completing 75 Hard, you did go to St. Louis, where you're based now, and you were on real AF. So what was that experience like? Um, yeah, that the whole journey from me posting that I had done 75 hard to ultimately making it here to St. Louis was absolutely insane. Cause I was actually, um, I posted that I finished 75 hard and I was on like my phone or my iPad or something, um, completing my tasks for, for phase one. So I was on my device and then I see the notification and it says, Andy Fursello liked your post. <laughs> and I, I just remember I, I freaked out. I, my roommate was like, what is going on? Um, and at that point, like my life was made, honestly, just him liking it and having seen my post was incredible. But then um, we got to chatting and he popped the question and said, would you want to come be on my show? And I was like, I, yes, um, I would be more than honored. So yeah, I made my way to St. Louis and uh, went to First Form headquarters where he has um, a studio inside. Mm. And it was 
I I knew that it was going to be an incredible experience, but actually experiencing it was a day I will never forget. Um, mm. Just the the environment, the atmosphere, the people. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm speechless still to this day, and now I work at work in that building. Um, <laughs> but it was yeah, it was quite a day, and. Um, I mean, I, I'm forever grateful that I had that experience. And I just remember um, that feeling just never left of, especially in the environment that we've been in the with the past couple of years, mm. um, just being, being in an environment of like-minded individuals that want nothing but the best for each and every person around them um, was just really really cool to see and <laughs> I, I I mean I, I don't even know what to say it was just like okay people are living their lives I mean because I had I was I was in I had just graduated school um but I mean I hadn't been in an environment um like that ever but especially the past couple of years yeah um, since everything was online and we weren't, um, we weren't together as, as a community in whatever space I was in. And so just to really, um, see that and experience that was, was incredible and is ultimately <laughs> why I'm here today. But, um, yeah. yeah, so I, uh, was in St. Louis, went back home, packed up and moved to Florida from Arkansas for PT school mm -hmm. um, and then a lot uh, a lot went down in Florida the three months that I was there um, was supposed to start physical therapy school like I said and just with all of this COVID nonsense if you will um, I was like I can't do it I can't sacrifice my freedoms for a program that I could do anywhere else or um, have the opportunity to go to a different school or anything. Mm. Um, ultimately what it was, was they had um, reinstated mask mandates and doesn't seem like a big deal to wear a mask, but I was firm in my beliefs that it was my right to choose and that wearing a mask was not what was best for me. Yeah. And so after having a conversation with our program director and stating my case and stating my points, um, it was basically you either have to comply and wear the mask um, or you can defer. And so I said, that's fine. I will not go to school um, because for me, it, it was, it was a very, very tough decision to make because that was something I had been working towards for the past six, seven, eight years of my life, honestly. Mm. Um, and so for me to make that decision was incredibly challenging, but um, it ultimately came down to exercising my freedoms or a program. And I was like, I can go to any, I can go to a different program. This mm. isn't the only PT program in the country, but I said, if I give up my freedom, 
I give up my freedom and there's no getting it back. And yeah. Um, I, I think um, the program 75 hard and doing, and then going on and doing live hard was a huge, huge reason why I actually was able to make that decision because I, I firmly believe it was the right decision mm. and I firmly stand by it still to this day. Um, cause I actually stood on my own two feet and stood up for what I thought was right. And I don't think I would have done that had I not completed 75 hard, honestly. So it's definitely changed my life in more ways than one to say the least. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Cause yeah, doing what is right when no one's watching, I think is for me a big a big thing it's almost like the value uh, the, the definition rather of of integrity doing what is right when no one's looking and i think there was <clears throat> excuse me so much so much pressure in the past few years yeah to comply and to do the right thing again in air quotes uh whereas there's a lot of evidence and a lot of stuff that really was suppressed around what actually the right things were on on this subject so I think, yeah, especially for you as a young woman, I think it's, you know, amazing. But we all need to do it. We all need to stand up and there's no reason why we can't, regardless of where we are. And I think, yeah, for me, 75 Hard really helped with that as well, that confidence. And I'm looking forward to seeing, yeah, how Live Hard shapes the rest of that. So you you leave school in Florida and you, you mentioned you're now working at first form how did that come about because i think it's yeah i'm sure you probably never Uh, imagined that it would come about when you first start this this program when you do yeah (laughs) no kidding um so yeah i had uh, was on the phone with my family um you know trying to make trying to make this challenging decision and it was it was ultimately my decision um and so I made it and I remember having a meeting with um, a program director and then I kid you not, like an hour or two later, I get on the phone to talk with my parents again to just kind of let them know how the meeting went. They knew it was going to happen. And then my stepdad again, um, and I actually kind of came to the conclusion he was like, cause he was him and my mother were actually um, in St. Louis with me when I was here to record the episode. They got to go and experience first form with me. So they knew how special it was. And wow. he had actually said to me, he was like on the phone, mind you, an hour or two after I have just decided to completely <laughs> change the trajectory of my life. And he's like, what if you went and worked for first form? And uh, I was shocked that he said it I think because it had also kind of crossed my mind because I had connected with people uh via social media um of course since since I had been on the show and I had seen um some people posting that they were hiring and so it had kind of crossed my mind um and then when he said that I was like okay maybe I should actually consider this yeah and so I think I, I say an hour or two after this conversation happened with my program director, it may have been over the weekend, but regardless, it was still a very, very quick transition. Yeah. 
um, there were several several phone calls that weekend, so I'm probably getting them a bit confused. But um, <laughs> ended up ended up taking some time off because I was, I mean, like just mentally drained at that point. I had, um, I mean, I really had tried to fight this mask mandate in every way possible. I mean, I had, I was doing all the research. I was calling different places. I actually made a trip to the governor's office to speak with somebody about wow. how I could actually fight it. I mean, it was, it was quite the ordeal because I wasn't, like I said, I had been working for six, seven years yeah. to get into a program. And so I wasn't just going to let it go, but um, so I was mentally drained <laughs> after that happened and took some time off. But then probably a week or two later, I officially sent in my application and got the interview process started wow. um, and it uh, ended up working out. And so uh, I had to actually, I had to come out here for an in-person interview um, in gosh, the end of September, yep. the end of September. And then as I was leaving, I was, like literally getting boarding my plane to fly back to Florida, I got the call um, that I had gotten the job. Amazing. So <laughs> that was really exciting. So I was like, all right, what's the next step? So I got back to Florida and then it like just immediately started packing and looking up places here to try to find last minute. And uh, I ended up moving here at the beginning of november so yeah moved down to florida the end of july was thinking i was going to be there for at least three years <laughs> and three months later i was out of there so <laughs> wow it all happened really fast but um i think everything happens for a reason and i'm here back in st louis working at first form so <laughs> Amazing. Live hard, hey? It's changed. It sounds like it's, yeah, yeah, completely changed your life. Is there is there a big difference that you see from sort of pre-Live Hard Lexi to current Live Hard Lexi that for you stands out? You, you know, you mentioned, and I think it's fair to say everyone knows themselves better than most people would probably know themselves. Is there, yeah, a, a thing that stands out to you? that's shifted maybe maybe mentally or or in any case um i think there's probably so many little things if i really sat down and thought about it but um something that's actually been at the forefront of my head right now is i can tell having done live hard and doing something so challenging and something um that really pushes you in every area of your life not just like fitness wise when I when I do like kind of fall off a little bit and like let myself slip in areas I can really see now how harmful it is for me just overall mm -hmm. since finishing phase three um which I finished back in January mid-January mm -hmm. I mean, I let myself take some time off and like rest and just kind of wrap my head around what was happening, especially since I had just moved across the country 
I don't, I'm not living like I was before in terms of just kind of like taking it day by day and getting through the days, but I'm not doing what I know I'm capable of. And now that I have done things that I didn't think were possible, now I can just see, like I said, like how, and not necessarily how harmful it is, but just how unfulfilling it is. Mm. And it's actually really interesting because that is uh, something that I am honestly struggling with right now. I'm, it's just kind of like, what's next? Mm. I did live hard. And I'm like, I know I can do more than I think I can. And so it's just kind of like, what's next? And right now I'm really um, just trying to find myself again and figure out what's next for me and um, just kind of wrap my head around everything that has happened, especially um, since I was doing the Live Hard program when I moved, um, that was... I mean, I, I, I moved to go to school and then I wasn't going to school that I moved for a job and then I moved here for the job and then I was doing live hard and it's like, now I can finally kind of calm down and go, okay, hold on. <laughs> so much has happened in the past six months that I never would have thought were going to happen. And so now I'm like kind of catching up with the reality of all what's gone on and I'm like okay what is next for me because it's like I said I was working towards physical therapy school for at least six years of my life and now I'm just like with the snap of the fingers I'm not doing that anymore and so yeah um it's it's just been I it's been it's been tough actually I'm not gonna lie to you at all I've been mentally kind of down and um, just trying to figure out what is next for me, especially now that I know that I am capable of so much more. Mm. So the program has just showed me that like you are capable of doing great things. And one of my biggest fears in life is like not fulfilling my potential. Not that we'll ever fulfill our potentials or like do like, I feel like there's no max on what we as humans can do Mm. and so now it's just like striving to just try to be your best every single day and so right now I'm in kind of a funky phase where I'm like I don't really know what's next yeah and so I'm just trying to figure all that out but I think now that I've done all that it's just realizing and I hate to use the word wasted but it's like what did I let pass me by years before yeah and just different things like that so it's been been kind of a lot the past couple of months since finishing live hard but um we're gonna we're gonna get a going again for sure but yeah right now it's kind of in a weird funky phase after finishing yeah thank you for sharing all of that i think it's it's vulnerable of you but it's important to yeah be honest with yourself and know that yeah maybe if you're in a period where yeah you're not so certain of what is to come or what it is you want to do part of what I was thinking there was yeah what is next for Lexi what are you planning but it's I think completely fine to not know to not have the answer especially if you're working towards something for so long and and it's shifted it's interesting like for me being in this period right now between phase one and phase two not doing 
the two workouts a day, not doing the entire program. Like I mentioned, I'm, I've been off alcohol now the entire time and there are definitely things. I've always been good at drinking water and I've always been good at reading and there are definitely practices that I've kept that are making my life a lot better. But they're also, like, I'm going to reap those rewards in years to come. It's not necessarily all going to be, you know, it's not all going to come back to me immediately today or tomorrow. And so I think that's something that I I don't struggle with, but it's always important to keep front of mind, I think, that, you know, you're on the path. And the awareness of, yeah, maybe I wasted some time. So many people don't have that awareness or that they're even wasting the day. And I think, you know, what 75 hard has done for me, it's like you are then aware of your potential, like you're saying, and that you can achieve it or you can do so much more. And it's like, okay, well, now what can I become? And that is a hard thing to confront. But that's almost like you're pulling yourself out of the fucking matrix and you're like, holy shit, I can I can do all these things. What have I been doing? But you've you've really like like one of the best podcasts that I've listened to of Andy's is One Thousand Days. I don't know if you've heard it, but I recorded the end of it and he goes, "Give me a thousand days," and he says it twice in this way that he's just like a fucking punch to the face, and it's like a thousand days. And so that's what I'm. I'm not doing a thousand days of of the program like at, like I had chocolate last night, right? But just having that concept of like, imagine if you went hard at your goals for 1,000 days or, you know, for 1,000 days you were conscious of not wasting time of, of, okay, maybe you had a shit day. Maybe you didn't get everything you wanted done in a day. Follow it up the next day with something good, with progress. And that podcast, not only, but interestingly, I don't know if you read his daily emails that he sends out, but I read them every single day. And the one that came out overnight for me here in Australia, this uh, was nine hours ago and I've got it on my screen. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, but it's called No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea, he says, you know, it's Saturday. Most of your friends are out drinking, having fun and living life, but not you, you're working. He goes on and he just explains this concept that No Man's Land is where you are, where you're you're changing your path and you're Re, not not necessarily reinventing yourself but you are becoming the person that you can be and you're leaving that old life behind and I really feel that that's what 75 Hard does for people who do it properly and that's just what I've heard you say in a sense and it's certainly what I've experienced as well because there's been a, a lot of changes I, I feel like I'm a completely different person to who I was before I started the program so there oh for sure yeah yeah uh, that's that's a pretty good way to sum it up no man's land for sure yeah i've heard him talk about that it's it's very interesting because you 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 realize just how capable you are and then especially i think with the state of the world the past couple of years you really are like we're not encouraged anymore to to really chase our potential and so to not only do a program like this just for yourself but then to do it in the midst of all of this chaos Mm. when it's not um acknowledged like it probably should be um can be very challenging so yeah 
you're right, we're being directed in other areas and, yeah, the human potential, I think we, we have so much we can do and it's it's being suppressed, really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would love to know long-term, I understand that maybe right now you're sort of unsure exactly what it is maybe you want to do, but what would you like to be doing in 10 years' time? Where do you Where do you see yourself? Do you have a vision or even if not 10, shorter, longer period, what what would you love to be doing if you could do anything? There's some active oh, visualisation, active visualisation in real yeah. time. No kidding. Um, I mean, in all honesty, I don't, right, right now, I think that's, that's what has been so challenging for me is that I am honestly not sure. Mm where I see myself in 10 years. And I feel like it's like, I've got that, I've got the work ethic now. And like, I have the drive and I know that I can do the things that I'll, I'll need to do to chase whatever that dream is. But right now I don't know what it is. Mm. (laughs) I guess health, fitness kind of environment. Um, Mm. I really want to, um, I, I like to, I like to move essentially. Like I, I, um, have never, like, that's why I wanted to be a PT and who knows, I might decide to do that again. Um, but that's why I kind of fell in love with that field, um, was because I would be working with people hands-on and moving and helping people in that, sense as opposed to sitting at a desk and typing on a computer all day Mm -hmm. um but now especially having done live hard I just also know that there's there's a world of possibility out there for me to chase and I just right now just need to find what it is that I want to do and um now that I have like the confidence to stand for what I want to do and for what I believe in um, is really going to it's going to help me in the long run I know that it is but right now it it is just challenging because I thought I was going to be a PT for the longest time and I honestly think that that was kind of a dream that was maybe directed by outside influences as well yeah Um, I think I was kind of geared more towards that field um based off of outside influences i think i would have enjoyed it but i don't think it was my true passion Mm -hmm. um so right now it's just figuring out what i love to do um because while money is a driving factor um personally i think one of my biggest fears in life is not enjoying what i do every day yeah and so right now it's like finding what I want to do every day. Mm. So that didn't really answer your question, but that's okay. Hopefully I'll have an answer soon. Cause I, I need one. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you think you'll, you'll find that? Like I've, I've questions that I feel like can help unlock that. But for you, like what are some things when you were growing up that maybe helped you lose track of time or that you have always just found fun like um 
Well, I think to try to find that right now, it's going to be just trying new things, like mm. putting myself out there and trying different things. But, um, gosh, I, I mean, like, being being active and being um like i remember as a kid just i would go outside every day and shoot on our our basketball goal and just doing that um Mm. and then just i mean being surrounded by people um and having a community does mean a lot to me as well but yeah yeah i'm i'm just I wish I could, you know, give you a better answer, but that's, that's definitely something I'll have to think more on for sure. Cool. For sure. No, I appreciate, I appreciate the vulnerability and, and not, not having an answer that isn't real for you. And I think it's really important that, yeah, you're just like at the moment, Hey, I don't know. And that's totally fine. I think, I think something, you know, as young people, we, we can be so anxious about what the future might bring because, you know, we've grown up with social media essentially and you're seeing so many different things and people seemingly achieving and having these these great lives. But everyone goes through hardships. Everyone goes through periods. And I think, like, that's something that I've definitely learned with this podcast. And even for me, like, there have been periods where I haven't released episodes because I've been trying to have my own um you know it would shape my own opinion on a certain thing around the stuff you know over the over the past couple of years for example it was like okay well, where where are my values what do i stand for what what is my point of view and it's fine if those things change and even the the goals that you have change in life but you have to find out for yourself and i think it's something that i'm just hearing you say it's like you are deciding for yourself and right now you're not sure and that's totally fine and I'm sure something or maybe multiple things will come up. So all the best with that, Lexi. Well, thank you. (laughs) I know it will. I mean, I know it will. Um, You know, I believe everything happens for a reason, good or bad. And I know God has a plan and it's all going to work out. So Mm. love it. Amen. So, to, to end off, I would love to to get your thoughts. This is a question that I pose to everyone. Uh, it's the reason why I wanted to start the podcast, which was, you know, listening to super successful podcasts. I only actually found the Real AF podcast in the last, you know, year or six, seven months, but I've been listening to it probably the most. But I never used to listen to, to Andy, but I definitely recommend anyone checking it out. But I would listen to, you know, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, these sorts of podcasts where they would only really interview the uber successful people of the planet and a typical question was what advice would you give to your younger self and their answers were always very cliche and oh everything will work out just keep on following and I just found that maybe that wasn't applicable if I asked the everyday person stranger next door my dad you know, I, I think my dad has been pretty successful he's, he's had some you know great success but what would the everyday person say to that and yeah I would love to get your thoughts but obviously you being a young person 22 I would love to flip it and say Lexi what advice would you like to give to your 62 year old self if you if you could and maybe I'll I'll send this to you in 40 years and you can see if you 
you hit? Oh, advice? I don't know that I could give advice to my older self. I think I would just maybe... Oh, man. Um, gosh. I don't... Um, advice? I, yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking that I would be able to give my older self advice. Maybe just remind myself um, to ultimately do what makes you happy and it's funny because as you were saying that I was like I know I know what I would tell my younger self mm. um but it's honestly kind of the same thing I think don't let like outside factors like influence what's going to make you happy and I think that's something I haven't struggled with my entire life but I think has maybe kind of veered me in different directions throughout my life and so I would just want to remind myself that yeah you're 62 but what are you doing that's going to make you happy and what are you going to do that you can look back on and be proud of um Mm -hmm. and especially with the way society is right now and how social media is a great thing but we are influenced in so many different ways um I just think do just make sure you're doing what you are passionate about. Don't do something based off of what society tells you you should do. Um, So I guess I would just remind myself of that at the age of 62, because there's a lot of life to live still at 62. Yeah. Um, So maybe that's what I would say. And I would honestly maybe want to ask, I'd want to ask myself questions. I'd want to say, if I could actually talk to my 62-year-old self right now, just say, is what I'm doing, what is going to make me proud at that age? And am I on the right path? Which is, you know, you don't want all the answers, but I I would ask myself questions, I think, more than give myself advice. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah, before we, before we go, is there anything you'd like to add? I've had a lot of fun. Maybe if people wanted to get in touch with you, if, if you don't mind, but yeah, anything you'd like to plug or any final things you'd, you'd love to say before we end off? Um, gosh, nothing too crazy, but I think like I, like I've said, 75 hard taught me, um, so many more things that I could possibly imagine. So if you are questioning it and if you're thinking about doing it, all I can say is do it. That's the most cliche answer, but it'll be one of the best things you do regardless of what your situation is. Um, but then beyond that, um, just find what find what you're passionate about and go after it. And if you don't have it all figured out, it's totally fine because we've all been there at some point and personally, I'm probably there right now. Um, nobody's perfect and just do what makes you happy and work hard mm. and you're going to be fine <laughs> Love it. Um, but then if anybody does want to connect with me uh, the best way to do it would be via Instagram and my handle is just like the Jack nice. no capitals no spaces <laughs> beautiful Lexi well thank you so much for sharing all that you have today I've really enjoyed this conversation I appreciate your time 
And yeah, we'll end it there. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been very fun. So there you have it, another episode of The Hope Initiative. Thank you so much to Lexi for joining me for this one on such late notice as well. I sent her uh, a message on Instagram and within a few days we were on that Zoom call. It was a lot of fun and I really appreciate her time and I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for listening, getting all the way through. Uh, if you if you know, pay the fee. Please pay the fee. If you enjoyed this episode, you've obviously listened all the way through. I'd love it if you shared it with a family member, friend, someone who you think will get some value out of it. And ideally, as Lexi mentioned, and as I absolutely will back her up in saying, give 75 Heart a crack. And don't just actually, don't give it a crack. Do it. Complete it. It will change your life. Uh, I'm currently doing Live Hard, the Live Hard program. Be starting phase two in just under a month's time in May. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Love all that we chatted about on the podcast. Thank you again. And until next time, keep on creating your life and all the very best.